Hold on a second. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I said, I'm really nervous. I said, I want... Uh, every time that I minister, I always want uh, the heavens to open. <laughs> I want people to get healed, set free. Not for me, but because I want it, I want people to be brought into an encounter with God. You know, that's one thing that I always ask all of our school of ministry students and those that are in ministry. You know, what is the key to ministry? What, why, do you, why do you want to preach this word, you know? I say, if you want to preach this word just because you want to blow everybody's mind with how much knowledge and wisdom you've got, you missed it. I preach the word because I want, I want people to encounter God's presence for the Holy Spirit to invade their hearts, change their lives forever. I want to see marriages healed. I want to see bodies healed. I want to see uh, relationships restored. I want to see people walking in freedom. Come on, amen? And uh, that's what uh, church is about. That's what this body is for. Before I begin to minister, I want to thank everybody uh, for your love and prayers. Uh, Pastor Jen went through uh, hernia surgery last uh, eight, nine days ago. And uh, thank God it, everything was successful. And uh, she's with us this morning. Praise the Lord. Give God some praise. I'm loving her hairdo this morning. She's looking sharp as usual. And um, I want to thank everybody that uh, called, that prayed, that brought over food, that sent over food. Uh, we really felt the love this week. It was very humbling. Those who helped, served in any way possible, we thank you. Uh, we love you for that. Thank you so much. Um, we also want to welcome uh, Tiffany. She went through some surgery as well. God bless you, Tiffany. Good morning. Good to see you in the house here today. <laughs> Heard you had some company there too. And we appreciate everybody. It's good when the body comes together. The body helps the body. I heard somebody say that once. I think you said that, didn't you, honey? So the body helps the body. And so um, I want to... I wanna, uh, just minister a word today, I believe, that will help you and encourage you. Uh, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday is going to be Vision Sunday. I want you to be here. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the different departments that's going on in the church. We're going to be talking about upcoming events that's happening this year. We want to bring everybody up to speed what God's doing in our church. I want some of our School of Ministry students to share a little bit as well. It's going to be the Sunday morning, not next Sunday morning, but the following Sunday morning. It's called Vision Sunday. Look at somebody say Vision Sunday. Don't miss it. And so I'm going to be just talking about the vision and mission of our church, of Gateway Church. You need to know why we do what we do. Amen? And so this morning, I want to, I want to talk to you about a title. Are you ready? This morning's title is called I'm Still Here. Look at somebody say, I'm still here. Come on, I may be a little beat up. I may be a little torn apart. I may be, you know, a little messed up, but I'm still here. I'm still here. Come on, look at somebody. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You don't, you're, not, you're not convincing me yet. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm still here. You didn't think I was going to be here. The devil, didn't know, the devil thought for sure I wasn't going to be here, but I'm still here. Somebody shout, I'm still here. That'll be all of my message. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Come on, that'll preach right there. Just the fact that I'm still here. I'm still standing. There's a, there's a promise in the Word of God that every time that I'm tempted to give up, 
Pastor, you're tempted to give up? 100%. I am tempted to give up. If you're here today and you have blood flowing through your, pain, through your veins and you're a believer and you follow the Lord, there's going to be times where you're going to just want to give up. There's going to be times when you want to give up in your marriage. There's going to be times when you want to give up uh, in your call of God as a, as, a, as a follower of God, as a minister of the gospel. There are times, there are things that's going to come against you that's going to make you want to give up. But there's a promise that I cling to every time. It's in Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he... Capital H, that means God. That God, the, he that has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That means that God will finish what he started in your life. Can I say this? God, if, you, if you're taking notes, write this down. God is not obligated to finish anything that he did not start. Did you catch that? God is not obligated to finish anything that he didn't start. Because how many know we birth a lot of Ishmaels in the body of Christ? We do things out of the will of God. We do things without even consulting God. We go ahead and we do something and we ask God to bless it and we pray afterwards and we ask God to bless our mess instead of learning how to do it with God. But, but how many know that when God starts something in you, if God's starting something in your marriage, if, he started, if God has called you, he will finish it. How many know he will finish it? We all find ourselves in tough situations and we're tempted most of the time to ask God why instead of say, okay, God, what is your will? So often we, we say, why, God? And can I say this? I want to blow your theological minds this morning. It's okay to ask God why sometimes. It's okay. Well, Pastor, I thought we're never supposed to ask God why. What, what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked that on the cross, why have you forsaken me? And so it's, it's human to ask why. But on the other side of that, we got to also seek his will because Jesus asked why. But he said, nevertheless, come on, help me preach. What he said, come on. What he said, Leo. He said, nevertheless, not my, come on, will, but let your will be done. And so I want to talk to you about a man of God that had a series of a couple bad days. How many has ever had a bad day before? This man, he had some bad days. I'm talking to you about the Apostle Paul. At the end of the book of Acts, Paul was supposed to be going to Rome. He gets, he gets on this ship, and he's traveling. And as he's traveling, he experiences storm after storm. In fact, now a hurricane comes, or a typhoon actually came on the sea. And the boats start to break apart. Everybody was getting... Scared on the boat. There was 276 people on board. And they wanted to start jumping ship. They wanted to get off. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, the God that I serve and the God that I belong to sent an angel to me last night. He stood beside me. He said, if you stay on this boat, don't jump over. He said, you'll survive. We'll survive. Come on, there's a message right there. Sometimes you just got to stick it out. Come on. Sometimes you just got to stay. Come on. Sometimes you just got to stay in the house. Sometimes you got to just stay in the boat. Sometimes we, we jump out too fast and we just jump out before God brings the miracle. And so if you just stay here, the God that I belong to is going to deliver you. Sure enough, now they get close to land. They see land. And sure enough, nobody died, but now they get close to land. Now the boat begins to break 
break apart it runs aground begins to break into pieces everybody begins to jump off the boat now Paul's in the water everybody's in the water now they're floating on pieces of wood and and, and different things I don't know if they had luggage in the boat but I'm sure they had something that floated and they, they all floated on pieces of the ship and they fo- floated on pieces that they found in the water and they came into a, a land and they get to this land and all 276 people that was on board was all accounted for as they made it. So now here they get on to land and they find out that this island was called Malta. I'm in Acts 28. Go to Acts 28 verse 1. The word Malta, the word Malta means refuge. The word refuge means to be safe from trouble. So here they are. God brought them into a safe place. God brought them into a place called Malta. God brought them into the safe place. Even though it was in a storm, even though that you're in a storm right now, God will still bring you into a safe place. Come on, somebody. Amen? That you, you may feel like you're being shaken up and everything's flipping up and down. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't know what the end of the day looks like. But God will bring us into safety. And so in Acts 28, 1, now when they had escaped, are you there? Is anybody there? Does anybody, any of our school of ministry students have a Bible in the house this morning? All right. Extra credit. God bless you. You're going to heaven now. Oh, by the way, school of ministry students, I was thinking, you know, in your report, where are you at with God right now? And where do you believe you're going? A bad paper would say backslid, and I have no idea. So don't write that in your book. <laughs> backslid and God, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm going backwards, okay? Don't write that, all right? We'll lead you into the sinner's prayer and we'll get you saved again. Born again, again. Acts 28, 1. Are you ready? Somebody shout, I'm ready. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain was falling and because of the cold. So they experienced a warm welcome and everyone made a fire for those that suffered shipwreck. But in the middle of all this, Paul decides that he needs to feed the fire. He needs to make sure that this fire doesn't go out. So Paul in his heart of a servant, he gathers a a bunch of sticks and he walks over to the fire and as he's reaching down and placing the the sticks upon the fire what happens does anybody know a viper jumps out and attaches itself or the Bible says actually it fastened itself to his hand it didn't just give it a nibble it fastened it held on to his hand sinking deep into his hand can I say this that even while you're serving that even while you're doing a, a good thing, you can still get bit. You can still, things, things will still happen even if you're doing the right thing. If, you, if you're trying to follow the Lord, here he is, he's serving, but still gets bit. When we go through fiery trials of life, things will rise up. It said because of the heat, this viper came up. Because it was hot. And how many know that when you go through, you know, these life situations and, and the fire and the trials of life, when they get... When it heats up, things will begin to pop up. 
old things, your past begins, all of a sudden the enemy starts bringing your past up. All of a sudden the enemy wants to attach itself to you. All of a sudden the enemy, because of the heat that you're going through, wants to leap out. I was studying about venomous snakes. There's this one crazy dude who has all these venomous snakes in his house and he allows himself to get bit. His marriage into a divorce. I wonder why. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live with that guy either. And so here, he, you know, and, and, and so I'm studying about the symptoms of when a person gets bit by a venomous snake. There's immediate swelling. All of a sudden, then their, their vision starts to get blurred. Then they experience vertigo. They get, they get faint. They, they begin to black out. They, and eventually it leads to paralysis. And I, I began to think about this in the same way, in the natural, how somebody can get bit by a snake like that, in the same way that in the spirit, people experience snake bites. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Betrayed by family. Betrayal, that will sink in. And, you know, uh, husbands, wives, brothers, aunts, uncles, people that you, that you expected to act a certain way to you, all of a sudden now they betray you, they turn their back on you, and you experience heartache and disappointment, and it's a snake bite. Hurt, offense, unforgiveness, sickness, unexpected sickness, incurable disease, people that speak, how about people that speak negative over you? Snake bites, bankruptcy, addictions, divorce, pastors that disappoint you leadership churches there are people that sometimes you get hurt like that loss of loved ones unexpected tragedy but the same way in the natural we also ex experience in the spirit as well people that suffer from things like this all of a sudden their vision begins to go i can't see where god's taking me I can't see where I'm headed. I don't know what's in front of me. And, and people that's been bitten by uh, things of this world and, and, and life that, that jumps up and, and bites you, your vision begins to go. You have no more vision for, no hope for your marriage, no hope for uh, your walk with God, your children. You begin to feel faint. You want to give up. You want to just say, this is too hard. You want to stop serving. You want to stop going to church. I'm not going there no more. That pastor don't even talk to me. He walked right by me. don't even shake my hand. I don't want to, you know, I, I can't get involved there. I got too much stuff going on in my home. And that's the first thing that we, we want to begin to do instead of, you know, that if, if anything burns you or if anything happens to you, what's the first, your first instinct is to what? Pull back. I just, I just can't go no more. I can't get involved no more. I'm not going to go back home. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to get a divorce. And that's the first thing we want to do. We want to pull back from our spouse. We want to pull back from our, our, our loved ones. We want to pull back from friends. And we isolate ourselves because we've been hurt. We've been bit. And so we pull back. Say, I'm not going to go there no more. But how many know people are watching you? You see, whether you like it or not, every person in here is going to experience a bite. Every person in here, under the sound of my voice, and those watching, you're going to experience a bite. Because the Bible says that when we go out in the rain, we all get wet. Rains on the just and the unjust. Things happen. And people's watching you. How many know people's watching you? People's not watching whether or not you're going to get bit. 
people's watching whether or not how you're going to react or respond to that bite. Come on, I don't hear nobody talking to me this morning. You see, you're going to get bit. People's going to betray you. People's going to offend you. People's going to say negative things over you. you. There's going to be divorce. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be bad things that happen in your life. Things are going to happen. And people know things are going to happen. But you know what they're watching? How are you going to react to the bite? Are you still going to be here? Are you, are you still going to stand after the bite? Because people are watching. Look at somebody said, always watching you. Always watching. Monsters Inc. fans, well, I'm always watching you. People's watching you. In fact, you know what? People's watching you so hard, they want you to fail. They want to see if you're going to fall. They want to see if you're going to back out of ministry. They want to see your church fall apart. They want to see your marriage fall apart. Because people love drama. People love drama. People love to watch people that got bitten. Not because they got bit, because they want to see the results of that. Because they want to pray for you. You don't want to pray for me. You want to talk about me. Oh, we got to keep songs on prayer. You know, their marriage is acting up, you know, and he's just acting a fool and all that. But we got to pray for them. You know what I'm saying? Really? You're just talking about it, the symptoms of his bite. You don't care about them. You just want to see them fall apart. You love drama. We'll get to that. So watch this, verse 4. So when, Na when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, yep, he's done. Justice is getting its way. He's a murderer. Yeah, he's a sinner. Yeah, I see what happened. I, I know why their marriage is falling apart. Look how she's living. Look, how I know why they're sick. Look, they ain't, they ain't been tithing. I know why their business ain't no good. They're not living right, you know. And, and that's the first thing. That, yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah, they got bit. I can see what's going on. I see it. They were waiting. Some people are just waiting for you to die. Unfortunately, there are people, there are people that are just waiting to see if you're just going to give up and die. I think about Job's wife when he got bit by boils and his family was taken from him. His health is sitting in ashes and he's pulling the scab, he's pulling the boils off. And Job's wife comes out the door. I could just see him now. They probably live in a little. I could just see. She comes out in her duster, hair full of rollers, house shoes on. Why don't you just curse God and die, Job? Why don't you just. Curse God. Just, you know what she was saying? Why don't you just give up? Why are you holding on to your integrity? Why are you holding on to God for? Do you really think God's going to show up? Even his own wife said, why don't you just give up? Can I say this? Sometimes you don't have to go too far to find critics. You know what? You know the best way, listen to this, y'all. Watch this, I love this. The best way to defeat your critics is keep on succeeding. Oh, that's good. The best way to beat your critics and to, and to defeat your critics, keep on succeeding. Don't give up. Still stand. Look at somebody say, I'm still here. I'm still here. Paul could have said, yeah, God, okay. I'm going to Rome. I'm going to do your, 
I'm going to preach for you, and you're going to allow this to happen, huh? Yeah, thanks, God. Thank you. He could have gotten mad at God. He could have said, yeah, I'm sure. Look, God, I wrote the New Testament. Don't you know who I am? I am the Apostle Paul. He could, have, he could have got upset. He could have said, you know, I'm just trying to serve you. How, he could have said this. Okay, God, I'm getting all the sticks. I know there were 276 other people here. Hello. Somebody else could have helped me. But no, everybody else is too cold. Everybody else got to make excuses. I'm the only one serving. And he could have had that attitude. He could have had a, you know, this victim mentality. He says, Why is, you know what? I'm just, just, I'm just, a, I'm just a bad luck. That's what people say. And they just say, you know what? This is just my lot in life. Yeah? It's going to happen to me. I, guess what? If anything's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Dog died, kid bit me, wife left me. Yeah? If it's going to happen, it's just going to happen to me. I guess nobody else wants a fire. I'm the only one worried about it. I guess nobody else wants the church to continue to grow. I'm the only one worried about it. Nobody else wants to come and serve in the children's church. Nobody else wants to come and serve in the nursery. Nobody wants to serve on the worship team. Nobody, I, guess, I guess I'm the only one worried about it. And I'm, but I'm getting bit because I'm serving. But can I say this to those who want to keep the fire burning? Come on, who want to keep the fire of God burning in your life? Because you see, what you got to understand, this fire represents the presence of God. Anytime there's fire in the Bible, it represents the presence of God. And those that are presence-driven and want the fire of God burning in your life, it's going to take some work. It takes getting the wood, putting it on the fire to keep the fire burning. In Leviticus 6.13, it says, The fire on the altar shall never go out. It shall never go out. Put wood on it every morning. Keep putting wood on the altar. Keep putting wood on the fire. But unfortunately, many times we're, when we are bit, even while serving, we tend to pull away instead of persevering. Nobody in the body of Christ wants to persevere no more. It's all about me. And what I said to you earlier, 24 billion selfies taken last year. We are, we're so stuck on ourselves, and we're so self-absorbed. That's why it's so hard for us to enter into a place of worship. Because we think worship is about us. Worship ain't about me. It's about Him. My life does not belong to me. It belongs to Him. My life is not my own. I belong to Him. Come on, somebody shout, I belong to God. But sometimes God allows us to get bit publicly just to see what we would do. Let me ask you a question. Why is it... Okay, Adam, I need your help. Thank you. Why is it when Christians are bit... The first thing we want to do is react back into flesh instead of responding back into spirit. Did you hear that? Why is it that when Christians are bit, the first thing we want to do is bite back? But you see, what you have to understand is that this was not Paul's first experience with a snake. If you back up a few chapters, he was also going to the house of prayer. Watch this, follow me. In Acts chapter 16, a woman come to him Verse 16, with a spirit of what? Divination. This word divination in the Greek means puthos. Puthos in the English is where we get the word python. The difference between the viper and python is that python is not going to bite you. Python wants to squeeze you. 
Python squeezes its prey. Python wants the breath. So I want to show you something. I'm going to bring this up here. Where's that? that knife. So I have here in my hand, cut one in half. I have in my hand an orange. Now let me ask you a question. If I go ahead and I take this orange and I squeeze it, what do you think, what type of juice do you think would come out of here? I'm squeezing it. What type of juice is that? Orange juice. Why is there orange juice coming out of this orange? Pretty deep. Pretty deep. Now, it would be odd if I squeeze this. What was this again? A banana? If I squeeze this orange, it would be odd if apple juice came out of it. It would be odd if grape juice came out of it, right? But let me ask you a question. Why is it that when Christians are squeezed, everything but the fruit of the Spirit comes out? Y'all getting quiet on me in there. You see, in Galatians 5.22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. But you know what happens when we get squeezed? Aggravation, cursing, nakaz, bitterness. I'm going to get back, be damned, re revenge. Come on, somebody. All this begins to come out of the Christian. I'm going to get back at you. I'm not going to let you get away with this. How come Christians don't act like Christians when they're being squeezed? And you know what begins to happen? We justify it. Oh, they, did, they attacked my family. They did this to me. They, they betrayed me. They called me. Did you hear what they called me? They did this on Instagram. They, they, they destroyed my stuff. And you know what begins to happen? They squeeze us and everything but God comes out of the Christian. And that's why the world is confused. Because Python... Will squeeze you. You know what's supposed to come out of the Christian? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, faith, hospitality, service. Are you hearing this? We will all get squeezed. We will all experience things that will squeeze us. And so when we get squeezed and we get, a, we get bit, we, we're under attack, we got to learn how not to retaliate. You know, the Bible says, in Proverbs 21 and 2, it says, Every way of a man seems right in his own eyes, but it's the Lord who weighs the heart. You know, I can justify anything I do. Oh, they treated me wrong. You know what they did to my kids? You know what, the, how they, how they, what they, she said to my wife and how they treated my husband? And all of a sudden, we want to justify our actions and we, we act out in the flesh instead of learning how to act out in, in the spirit. And we justify it. A man of God went on Facebook. Hundreds of thousands of people watched this because somebody attacked his family and he chose to fight back. That's not the way. That's not how you're supposed to do it. You, you don't fight back just because somebody's attacking your family. Can I tell you, there have been people that has attacked my family many a times. Many a times. I don't stand here saying that, listen, my family's never been attacked and I've never, I've never been under attack. Because you know what? I've had snake bites in my life in this ministry. I've had literally people tell me that this church will not make it. But I'm still here. Come on, I'm still here. There are people, 
uh, that told you that you won't make it as a Christian. You won't make it. Your marriage won't make it. But somebody shout, I'm still here. I'm still here. I can't justify treating you wrong just because you wronged me. It's not eye for an eye. We want to justify anything we want in the flesh. I don't understand that many of us don't float. I understand that many of us don't float around on a cloud of glory all day. But I do expect those who follow the Lord and who has his name over their lives to act like Christians. Why is it such an odd thing that when we hear of Christians acting like Christians, we get so blessed? And we get so happy. That should be an ordinary thing. The reason why is because there's so much carnality in the body of Christ that when Christians are squeezed, everything but God comes out of them. Remember, they were watching Paul. Paul had the snake hanging on to him. They were watching and waiting. People are watching how you're going to react when you're squeezed. People are watching how you're going to react because the people there at Malta, they were looking for him to die. They were looking for him to give up. They were looking for him to take him off course. But you know what he had to do? He had to make a choice. Shake it off. Somebody shout, shake it off. Come on. We got to learn how to shake it off. But pastor, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know how they're treated me. You know what, I, what I'm going through. The chemotherapy and the different things. And Listen, shake it off. We have to make a decision to shake it off. In this life, we will all get bit by different situations. It will take our vision and make us just want to give up. But you and I, we have the choice to shake it off. What has happened in your life that looked like everything was against you, that you weren't going to make it, but you're still here. Instead of swelling up and dying, they changed their mind. Did you hear that? It said after they saw that he didn't, they looked for a long time. Somebody shout long time. People's going to be watching you. People's going to be watching you, sir. People say, yeah, they started off good. School of ministry students, you started off good. People are watching you. You going to finish strong? Newlyweds, you started off good. I can't wait to celebrate 30 years in marriage with you. I want to see that. I want to see. I want, to, I, want to, I want the privilege to perform the wedding ceremonies of your babies. Because you stuck, you stuck it out. You said, I'm here. I long for the day. That's... That's my heart. That's, God, that's the heart of God. That's why he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants you to know he's a generational God. He's a God of all generations. He's the God of my, my parents. He's the God of me. He's the God of my children. He's the God of my grandchildren. He's a generational God. 
The greatest thing that we can pass down to our babies is the Lord. The greatest thing we can pass down to them is that, you know, Daddy, serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. Mommy, serve the Lord. She knew how to pray. Raise them up in the ways of the Lord. Let them experience worship. Let them experience the Holy Ghost. Parents, let your babies be out here during worship. Let them worship. I don't care if they walk around. Let them worship. Let them pray. Let them experience God. So they sat there and they watched Paul. He wasn't giving up. He wasn't swelling up. He wasn't dying. His course didn't change. He was invited to the leader of Malta. His name was Publius. For your next child, you can name him Publius. Publius was the leader of the island. He had a lot going on for him, but he had a, one problem. His father was sick. The Bible said dysenteria was an internal bleeding disorder he had. Very sick. And he came there to Publius' house, and he had this little gathering for him for three days. And Paul was there. Paul sees his sick father, and he goes over to his father. And the same hand, come on, the same hand that was bit by the viper was the same hand that he laid upon the head of his father. And he was healed in that moment. And in that moment, Paul, I know in his mind, he said, okay, God, I get it. I understand the shipwreck. I understand now the bite. You weren't trying to kill me. You're trying to get me into a place where I can bring healing into this man. You're trying to get me into a place where I would realize my life is not my own. That I belong to God and God, you want to use me for this man's life. That's why you brought me here. Yeah, I know Rome was my ultimate destination. But you see, there are a lot of things that happen to us in our life that we think are setbacks. There are a lot of things that happen in our life that we think is taking us off course and designed to kill us. But can I tell you, no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. They will form, but they won't prosper. The reason why you suffered a shipwreck, the reason why you got bit, is so that God can prepare you. He wants to anoint you, that you can go and pray, because the very thing that you were bit with, the very thing that took you, almost tried to take your life, now you can put it and sow it into somebody else, because you have an anointing over that to go ahead and break every yoke, and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to bring healing into the lives of people. It's not about me. It's not about you. That's why you're still here. That's why you're still standing. That's why your marriage is still together. That's why God set you free from that addiction. That's why God healed you. That's why God set you free. That's why you God allowed a shipwreck to happen and a bite to happen in your life. Not to kill you but to get us into a place of dependence upon Him, to know that God wants to use me in this situation. I believe that God releases an anointing 
in people's life when you're healed of a sickness to go and pray for others. I believe God releases the anointing and the power of God in your life when you're free from something and you can go lay hands on others and, and see them set free and delivered. I believe the power of God is released in your life because you can bear witness with them. And the very hand that was bit was the same hand. Look at verse 9 and 10. It was the same hand that laid his hands upon his father and healed him of this disease. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you, Father, for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's some of you right now that are being squeezed. There's some of you that has experienced a shipwreck. Your faith. There's some of you right now, you're just, you're being squeezed. And it's hard right now because every time you're squeezed, everything but God is coming out of you. When you're squeezed, your past keeps coming out. And unforgiveness, and hurt, and offense, and sickness, and pain, disappointment. But God is saying today, would you give yourself completely to Him? Would you give yourself completely to Him? completely. God is not finished with you yet. He's not. Even though you feel like maybe you're off track, maybe you feel like God has brought you off into a different way, God is not finished with you yet. Because ultimately, the end of Acts, Paul ends up in Rome. And when he got there, it was like, wow, God, the journey that you brought me through just to get me over here. And I thought it was going to be a straight shot. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. <laughs> they are good and not evil. They are plans for a future and a hope. They are good and not evil. And that when you search for me with all of your heart, I'll be found by you. God's plans are perfect. All things work together to the good, to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. God is working it out, even though we can't see it, even though we don't understand it, even though we don't even agree with it. God is still working it out because you're still here. You're still here. Come on, say that right now. I'm still here. I'm still here. My faith is still here. My walk, I'm still here. I don't care how many times I get bit, I'm still here. I refuse to get offended. I refuse to walk in unforgiveness. I refuse to walk in my past. I refuse to give up. You're here today. And I know this was a prophetic word. God wants to heal some people this morning. God wants to heal you of your past. There's somebody here this morning, you keep replaying over the past. You keep replaying the relationship that you have with your father, the relationship you had with your mother, and you keep replaying this thing over and over. It's like, God, when is it ever going to get better? You keep replaying it over, and you keep replaying over your, your mistakes. Can I say this? We cannot change our past. There's nothing you can do to go back. You cannot change the past. But you can change your future right now by, put, by putting yourself down to the Lord and say, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, God. I don't know what, I'm, I don't know what to do, but God, I'm going to go after you.
If that's you, get down to this altar. Hurry right now. Hurry. Come on. Come on. There's nothing fancy about this. I just need somebody to get desperate. Come on. We need to get desperate this morning. Come on. How many would get down to this altar right now and say, come on, God, bring healing. This is going to be a prophetic moment, I'm telling you. I feel the Holy Spirit in here so strong. Hurry down. Get to this place. Come on. Come on, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here, God. I'm still here.